0: Seven o'clock. So, welcome to New Freedom. Welcome to Position of Neutrality. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, we always open Position of Neutrality with a prayer, and Wayne has agreed to do that for us tonight. Hello. If everybody could stand to their feet, please. I got to remember to hold this sucker way up to my mouth. heavenly father we just invite you into the room this evening lord god speak to us teach us guide us lead us into your freedom in jesus name amen amen Amen. thank you so do we have anyone in the room for the first time tonight all right good deal welcome so You may experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended, and the primary reason that's liable to happen is that we intend for you to have a different experience here. What we do here, we've been doing for lots of years. We take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week, directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? Yeah, the process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances, yeah? Yeah. So what I'm going to try and do is show you how I find my experience in this book. And I say that to you very intentionally so you understand what's happening. I'm not telling you what the book says because what it says to you is none of my business. But I'm showing you how I find what it says to me because it's a book of experience. It's the first 100s testimony. So it's not our job to alter it, but if we want what they have and we're willing to go to any lengths to get it, then we're ready and we try and show you what it is they're describing. Does that make sense? Yep. If we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. How many of you have been here before and know that happens? So those of you joining us online, they raise their hands. Of course, we don't show you that because of the anonymous nature of our groups. but. Um, when they raise their hand, we're signifying to you when we speak of a spiritual experience in 12 step recovery, we're talking about a sensory experience. You will feel it. And when you do, I'll know. And I'll call it to your attention because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration. Power, 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 power. That's another thing. We're a little quirky around here. When I say God, they say, because we don't want anyone coming in here with prejudice against certain theologies to not get the benefit of the experience. So what we want to do when we say God is make sure everyone knows that we're talking about power, sensory power, tangible power from within to recreate lives, yes? Okay, so tonight we're in steps eight and nine. And steps eight and nine are of course the freedom steps. So a lot of people looking at eight and nine on the wall freak out a little bit but the reality is that's really what we're angling for because the idea is to get free of me so I'm free to be me get rid of those limiting thoughts about me confront my fears and grow into the man I was destined to be yes anyone else so that that's this is essential work in that endeavor so I'm on page 76 of the book And it says right in the middle of the page, now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Any of you recognize that from another book? So it's not by accident. It comes from the book of James. Um, They talk about that more than once, because for the alcoholic, a doubter by nature, it's important that I prove this power to me, through me. And it's important that the work that this power does in and through me is demonstrable so more others can see the work being done in me. That's why they say practice these principles in all our affairs because they want me to be a walking sermon to the world of the restorative power that I have encountered and now improved my awareness of. Does that make sense? Okay, so then it says we have a list... Oh, let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. Any of you ever have such a list? Yes. Yes. Where did you get it? Out of my four step. So the authors say we made it when we took inventory. Yes. So the reason you have your inventory and you have it written in a certain format is it automatically prepares you with a list so that you're, you're ready to stay in the manner of living, right? They talk about moving forward rapidly next we launched yes okay how many of you hesitated when it was time to go get another fix we launched didn't we so if i'm running around powerless and i really need to get a hold of some ease and comfort instead of going out in the world looking for it then i would launch if i knew that's where i had to find it yes okay so it says, we, we have a list of all persons we've harmed and whom we're willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which is accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. So if you don't have any other prayer life after you've done your inventory, after you've said your seven-step prayer, the one thing you got to do is start getting honest with yourself about why you're not taking action. And if you're not taking action, don't be beating on yourself. Be praying for willingness, because they've disclosed to us willingness is divine power. Although it flows through me, it's not of me. So if I don't have willingness, I'm going to have to ask. You don't have to believe me, this is their testimony, but I have learned through my own experience some things I know in my best interest I should do, I'm afraid to do. Anyone else? But I have found that if I'll keep praying for willingness, either I'll find myself moving into it or a situation will confront me that I have no other choice. Anyone else had a similar experience? So either way, that willingness was pulled from me and placed in me, but it was not of me. Okay, so then it says, remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. They wrote that in italics, so they wanted to call our attention to it. With whom did we make that agreement? Who'd you say your prayer to? And by the time you said that prayer, by seven, you knew that we were talking about not a theology, but an animating force within you. Yes? My creator. Yeah. My creator. Have all of me. Yes? yes? Okay, so I made that agreement, knowing the cost. Yes? yes? Okay. All right, so probably there are still some misgivings. So the first thing they're going to acknowledge is my doubting nature. Any of you, even though you knew you needed access power and you really needed to embrace this thing, you looked at what you needed to do and you went, hmm, put that one on the shelf. That's okay. Remember, you're not going to be able to lie. There's no, there's no mystery in the realm of the spirit. So you're going to just have to get honest about what you are willing to do and you have to ask for willingness to do the things you are willing to do. Yes? And in the meantime, serve. Fair enough? So it says, as we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt, we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a of experience here. How many of you have felt a little bit funny about going to some of your business acquaintances on a spiritual basis? Because maybe we had some rather nefarious business partners and... Maybe the last encounter with us was less than spiritual. (laughs) So let us be reassured to some people we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. So if I've been cutting up the way I'm prone to when I'm running and gunning, if the first thing I lead with is, hey, been out there looking for God, That was good. I'm liable to draw some skepticism, right? Yeah. Particularly if they're really more interested in what I did with their stereo than my search for God. OK, so it says, it says we, at the moment we're trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose, tie into this, guys. How many of you have felt in even sobriety, whatever, that one of the problems with life going on and droning on and the way we get is a, a deep sense that there's no reason for this, no purpose. A search for purpose. How many of you look for a search for purpose outside yourself? Start affiliating with groups. and So our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God, oh God. Oh God. and the people about us. So once again, I've been looking in the wrong place. I need to look within. And I need to get fit, because fitness in this instance, my real purpose to get fit is to grow in my awareness of being aware of that power in and on my life. Yes? That's, that's my well of ease and comfort. Any of you discovered that little secret? So it says it's seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we've gone religious. We just talked about that. In the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lie ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? They put a question mark there. They're helping us understand the way they thought so that you don't feel so alone in your thoughts. Any of you ever hide a thought because you didn't really want anyone to know your Skeptical or I'm afraid of what they'll think of me when I say this or anything So they're just telling you we had that fear too. That's why they wrote it down So eyesight without insight spiritual blindness. I got to know what's happening within me in order to confront it, don't I? So if that's what I'm afraid of if I'm afraid of what you're gonna think when I tell you what happened for me Then I'm really not taking True ownership of what happens to me if I don't start growing because I don't give a damn what you think of me when I get running. Right. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, I am invisible at that point. So, so we may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He's going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. So ask yourself that question, wouldn't you be? (laughs) Show me, don't tell me. And then at such a time as I've watched you for a while, I may engage to see how genuine it is, yes? How many of you tore it up bad enough that the family stood back a while? Maybe forever. All right, so we don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. We got the wave going to get in here tonight. When it'll serve any good purpose, we're willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. What's that look like? How do you talk? We don't have to come up with a new language to tell people what God did for us. I was this, this happened, I'm not that. Walk with me, I'll show you. If you think this guy's bad, you should have been with the one before you got here. (laughs) Wallet? They were in our shoes, man. Okay, the question of how to approach the man we hated will arrive. It may be that he's done us more harm than we've done him, and though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we're still not too keen about admitting our faults. Any of you got that going on? Well, that, that's a pretty common thing. We may not even say we hate them, but something about the interaction was just distinctly unpleasant, and I'm afraid if I go to them, they're just going to humiliate me again. Anybody else? Yeah. So it says, nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. So what are they suggesting, that metaphor? Yeah, I may not be able to control people or thoughts, but I can take direction and get this conversation started. I can take control of the direction of the encounter. Yes? So it says it's harder to go to an enemy than to a friend. They did that, I'm quite sure, on purpose to acknowledge for us who are afraid of that, that it's okay to be afraid of that, but then ask and walk. Right? And then it says, but we find it much more beneficial to us. So don't get it twisted. If you can't do it, don't do it. They wrote the book suggestively to the wife, to the employer, to the family. Get a circle around you, and as you grow in the spirit, you'll be able to confront more and more difficult situations because what you're confronting is not them. You're confronting your thoughts about how they'll think. Okay. Some of you who felt that? Some of you felt that. That's the power we call God. We call that that happened in you. Does it make sense? Okay. That was a revelation happening in you. Does that make sense? We want to call you because it is sensory, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so it says we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. So there's a lot of instruction there. How many of you have gone out to make an approach for an amends? Something happened and you ended up having to go back to make an amends for the amends you tried to make. So that'll happen if we don't get centered in the spirit first. Does it make sense? So we go to them in a helpful and forgiving spirit. How would I get in a helpful and forgiving spirit? I'm going to have to spend a little time in prayer and meditation asking this power in me how I would like to be approached if the roles were reversed. Does it make sense? Okay. And then I express my former ill feeling and my regret for whatever that effect was on them. Make sense? Alright, so it says under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell them we'll never get over drinking until we've done our utmost to straighten out the past. I would say to you one caution, something about the spirit, the spirit comes with a signature. If you're not sincere about that, don't say it. So if you really don't believe that you have to do this in order to get free, then you should Do some other things until you grow in the spirit enough to know that I can't live on the team of the accuser. I have to get to where I'm an advocate all the time. And the only way that's going to happen is to get free of that spirit that tells me I can't go on my part in this. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're there to sweep off our side of the street realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do, his faults are not discussed, we stick to our own. Notice how many times they said the same thing in different ways. Do you think maybe they were indicating how many times at times they had to make approaches to get it right, to get centered, so there's going to be more than one approach and you're probably going to make mistakes. And even if you don't make mistakes, there'll be times when you think you made a mistake. Have you ever not made a mistake? You got something done, but you thought you made a mistake, and so you ran around grousing about how you made a mistake until you learned later you hadn't made a mistake? She says, can he say that again? No. So the whole point is, if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. So after we've made an approach, if we're not where we should be. We may want to check back against the list. Calm, frank, open. They said our manners calm. That doesn't mean you're not experiencing fear. You're just not driven by fear. Does that make sense? Okay. So then it says, in nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Nine out of ten. How many of you take that those odds? I'll take that. Most of us will take nine out of ten, won't we? So in nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. How many of you have experiences of thinking it was going to go one way and it went way better? Yes. yes. And even when it goes bad, how many of you learned something in that? Yes. Where's my friend Jeff here? He's my favorite example. <laughs> Jeff started coming to PON right out of treatment, but he had a case pending and He chaired this meeting right up until the time they had him go to the penitentiary, and he went and did his five years, and then he got out in one week, he was back up here chairing this meeting. And he said what he did is he went and ministered to all those people the whole time he was in there. That's how he learned to do his time. He found a bunch of people that were doing a grip of time and wrapped him up and started to try and help people get out and stay out. Yes, Jeff? Thank you for your service, Jeff. Um, So, anyway says that our, rarely do we fail, oh wait a minute, in nine cases out of ten the unexpected happens, sometimes the man we're calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. So they have the benefit of hindsight when they tell this story. How many of you have gone to make an approach for an amends and then you didn't feel like you made satisfactory progress? How many of you have stayed in the manner of living and eventually you realize actually there was some ice broken then that allowed for an opening later. Or some other outcome. So they have the benefit of hindsight. That's why they say rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. I may not be satisfied in the moment, but it's a constant walking demonstration of what this power is doing in and through me. Yes? Okay. So our former enemies sometimes praise what we're doing and wish us well. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We've made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. I didn't go there to get their reaction. I went there to subordinate my ego and own my part. So if that happened, then I got my spiritual awakening as the result of the step, did I not? Regardless of their response. Okay. some of you felt that. Who felt that? That's what we're talking about. Okay. So, most alcoholics owe money. I like to call to your attention that these guys were masters of understatement. Yeah. Any of you get here debt-free? It says, we do not dodge our creditors. So they're giving you a suggestion of what we ought to consider right away. How many of you owed a bunch of money, and then you started getting hounded, and you're trying to get free and keep your head clear, but now you couldn't open the mail or answer the phone? Yeah, we don't want to live in fear, right? Okay. So it says, we do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we're trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory that it may cause financial harm. Um, Don't get it twisted. If your drinking or drug use did not cause them financial harm, you do not need to explain to them your alcoholic or your addiction. It is what it is. But if you know as a direct result of your addiction you caused them financial harm, then you owe them the explanation that Not only do you know you did it to them, that they didn't deserve it. Does that make sense? And it's not rules, it's how you get free so that you can start looking the world in the eye. Okay, all right, so approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we're sorry. That's an interesting choice of words too, isn't it? How do we let people know we're sorry? Sometimes it's words, sometimes it's words backed up by action, sometimes it's an action without any words at all, an acknowledgement. You're going to have to start getting in tune to the spirit in you, aren't you? So it says, our drinking has made us slow to pay, we must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we're liable to drink, if we're afraid to face them. Perhaps we've committed a criminal offense which might land us in jail if it were known to the authority. We may be short in our accounts and unable to make good. We've already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we're sure we'd be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. They're telling you a couple things there, the absolute importance of getting that stuff out in your fifth step, because if you won't do it with that trusting person who loves you enough to sit and help you carry your baggage, You're never going to go face the one you harmed and you're never going to give your testimony to those people who desperately need to hear yours in order to get out of their own hell. And that's the only reason we're doing any of this is so that we're fit servants. Does that make sense? Okay, so maybe it's only a petty offense such as padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Maybe we're divorced and have remarried but haven't kept up the alimony number one. She's indignant about it and has a warrant out for our arrest. That's a common form of trouble too. So they're talking about things and what does happen to some people, especially if we get to recovery young, well, I've never been married, I've never done that, you know. So I want to keep us away from comparing the, what I've done and they've done, and let's look at the next paragraph. They're just going to talk, whatever it is, None of us gets to recovery on a winning streak. Correct. So there's something happening and that draws us here, yes? yes? All right, so it says, although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding. So would that be helpful? Yes. Whatever it is that's disturbing you, that brought you to recovery rooms, there are some general principles that if I will apply them, I'll be able to navigate through my troubles. Yes? So it says, reminding ourselves that we've decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. Stop right there. How many of you knew that's what we did in 12-step recovery? Any lengths to find a spiritual experience. A lot of people would have you believe we're just trying to get sober. Put the plug in the jug, don't pick up no matter what. You ever hear that? (laughs) I know they're not a serious drinker if they kept the plug. You know what I'm saying? They got no reason for that. Some of you, some of you others are drinkers too. Huh? That plug went right out the window of the truck at 90 mile an hour. What is the goal of 12-step recovery? Spiritual experience. To awaken. It's not abstinence at all. It's a completely different experience. Abstinence is a byproduct of awakening in the spirit. So we're reminding ourselves it isn't what anyone else thinks it is. This is about me empowering that spirit in me to grow stronger than me. I need a power greater than me operating in and through me. Yes? Some of you are feeling that too. Who felt that? Good. All right. So we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. See how we're summoning willingness now with desperation. How many of you have had to summon willingness with desperation? We must lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. They're not telling you what you must do. They're telling you who they were and what they found they must do. But if I want what they have and I'm willing to go to any length to get it, that's what any lengths might look like. <laughs> Make sense? So it says usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we're not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, had secured a position, and was getting his head above water. You see what they're describing? How many of you came in here sobered up Trying to do the right thing, going to your meetings, maybe you got a job, right. and all of a sudden the bad news hit, right. and you got a little self-pity come on you, ah, oh. happens right. We own any of you had that happen? Any of you get instantly get mad at whoever it was? It was because we do that. They want my money. No, they want their money. <laughs> yes. I know it's an old joke, but it, we think that way, right? We've got to grow in perspective if we want to grow in the Spirit. Okay, so it said it would have been impressive heroics if he had walked up to the judge and said, here I am. does sound heroic, doesn't it? If I'm trying to grow in the Spirit, is her- heroic gestures what I need to be showing people? Not if it's not indicated in the spirit, right? I'm not trying to be your hero for doing what I should have done in the first place. It's not how I think when I'm new, but the reality is as I get beyond it, I see how I thought. Why aren't they acknowledging me? Because you owed them the money. It was like a whole scheme. They were all in on it. So what they did is they counseled this guy. That's what I'm trying to The reason you might want to wrap yourself up with some people in the same walk, peers, there's no one superior, no human power is going to relieve your alcoholism, but it doesn't hurt to have someone a little further down the path to go, whoa, and it isn't even about time. It's just about experience. Does it make sense? So what they said is we thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary. So no one's trying to tell you don't go turn yourself in if turning yourself in is indicated, but let's eliminate some of the process steps first because maybe it won't be necessary. Then it says if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family, so that won't serve either case, right? So we suggested he write his first wife admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did, and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would try and do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. So what do you think of those actions would have been most impressive? It's a smart group, right? It's the entirety that that will win the day, isn't it? I'm asking forgiveness, but I'm not asking without giving. I showed up with something I showed up with a plan for the future, things I never did. Right? I'm not demanding forgiveness, which would have been my normal. Right? And here's the money, here's the plan. I hope one day you can forgive me, and I did none of that to stop you from carrying out what you want. If you want me to surrender, I'm now ready to go do that as well. I mean, you feel the gravity of that, right? And then what they say is, of course she did not. But I can assure you, as someone who's had to go and say and do things like that, we are not so sure how that's going to turn out. Right? We're, we have the benefit of hindsight here. So it says, and says, the whole situation has long since been adjusted. So here's some more guiding principles. Before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their consent. So we've got a new family, or we got a new employer. Yes? Maybe I got a new fellowship that I've got the coffee commitment at. And I'm gonna to have to because I was kind of a magician, I could disappear in an instant. Before any of that happens now, I need to go say, look, I'm gonna to have to do this. If I don't take these actions, I'm gonna be in trouble, but I need your consent. And if you can't give me your consent, then I'll get in the spirit, and I'll find another way to proceed. Does that make sense? And then see if we can get some buy-in to what we're trying to do, which is going to help you grow in confronting other situations, isn't it? So it it says, um, If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, ask God to help, and the drastic step is indicated, we must not shrink. Notice how they're now talking to you about their experience of the Spirit, even though half of them have told you they were atheists or agnostics to begin with. They said, I asked God to help, help! help! and then was convicted, the drastic step is indicated. How many of you have had that happen? Did it help you grow in understanding of what's up? I asked and I received. Real time, yes? Sometimes it's not all flowery. It's just, yep, I gotta go. Okay, so then it says, this brings to mind a story about one of our friends. While drinking, he accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival, giving him no receipt for it. He subsequently denied having received the money and used the incident as a basis for discrediting the man. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his rival was ruined. So a little bit of disclosure before we read through the rest of it. This guy was an Oxford group, didn't really align himself with the AA group so much as in the early days they sort of aligned how they aligned. So his church family was super important to him, and this guy had given him money while drinking... For the church fund, have any of you ever received money in advance for something while you were in your addiction? And it experienced in your possession an evaporative rate that was not something you cared to explain to somebody. That's what happened to him. So rather than explain how it had evaporated in his Possession. he just said, Cat didn't give it to me. So he took the donation to the church fund and then lied about the fellow who said he gave it and he drank it. So now you can see, some of you are feeling the low, how that would feel, and now he's going to tell us the rest of the story. He felt he had done a wrong he could not possibly make right. Those of you that have had a church family or do now, you can sort of go with him on that little journey, right? How many of you never did the church thing but you had a home group that you were very fond of and those people were rocks in your early sobriety and then something happened and maybe you absconded with the Seventh Tradition money? (laughs) Makes it a little hard to go back and face them, doesn't it? Okay, so it's the same jam they're talking about. Okay, so if he opened that old affair, he was afraid it would destroy the reputation of his partner... Disgrace his family and take away his means of livelihood. What right had he to involve those dependent upon him? Question mark. So what right did he have based on the basic principles? None without their permission, right? So now the next action is indicated, right? Okay. Then it says, how could he possibly make a public statement exonerating his rival? Question mark. So I remember why I told you the story up front so you'd understand the context. He defrauded the church and humiliated his rival. How could he? He doesn't even know all the people he's harmed. Right? No. Any of you ever stole something from an organization and just, you had no idea how many people you, anybody? I'm the only motherfucker do that. <laughs> I'll have to get a shirt, I guess. Uh, the only way to know would be to consult the spirit. Right? So it says, after consulting with his wife and partner, he came to the conclusion that it was better to take those risks than to stand before his creator guilty of such ruinous slander. So you can understand the language he's using now because we've told you a little bit about him, yeah? He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyhow. You ever been in a crisis in your recovery or your reentry where you knew if you didn't start going right, it was all going wrong? That's what he's talking about. It's not a pleasant place to stick sitting on that fence, is it? So he attended church for the first time in many years. After the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation. How hard do you think it was to stand up and make that explanation before a congregation. That's what any links might look like. That's all we're trying to do is get you to get in with the gravity of it because whatever it is, everyone's got one of those to do somewhere in their growth. Right? And so I'm just trying to get you to the feel of it. Does it make sense? The circumstance of it doesn't matter. How's it feel? His action met widespread approval and today he's one of the most trusted citizens of his town. This all happened years ago. So now they're giving you a demonstration by their own witness that the thief of the church fund becomes the most trusted citizen of the town through the power of God. Some of you felt that. Some of you are still feeling that. Who's feeling that? How many of you have had things like that happen for you? Where you just went and did what you had to do and you got credit for doing the right thing and people it, like, if you have any idea... <laughs> of what a struggle I had to go through to walk in here and do, because I was pretty good with hiding, I thought, for a long time. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. So the chances are that we have domestic troubles. (laughs) Perhaps we're mixed up with women in a fashion we wouldn't care to have advertised. And they wrote this at a time where they weren't worried about being sexist in their jargon, but oftentimes we've not behaved as well as we should in committed relationships of one type or another. That's all they're talking about. Um, We doubt if in this respect alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people. How many of you have found out people that didn't have an addictive history sometimes had some challenges in this area that took a little growth to get over? But drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. Where's my meth addict? Complicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't even know about the home. Man, I don't even remember which home they go into. <clears throat> After a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful, and uncommunicative. Any of you noticed that? Your intimate relations, you started to get your head out and all of a sudden they were worn out, resentful, and uncommunicative? That's what we see first, isn't it? The next question is us going inward. How could she be anything else? Given, given what came home, when he came home, how could anyone be anything less than worn out, resentful, and uncommunicative? Right? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences to look around the nightclubs or their equivalent for something besides liquor. Any of you ever... Cabaret! uh, Sean likes the cabaret. How many of you have found that everything awakens in you and all of a sudden you're a little bit drawn to things that you probably ought to... Okay. I'm trying to be delicate um, anyway so it says perhaps he's having a secret and exciting affair with the girl who understands have any of you ever met him or her so in fairness we must say that she may understand but what are we going to do about a thing like that So what they're drawing our attention back by going inward again is it's really not their level of understanding that's in question here, and it's not their level of understanding that I'm now suffering from in torment because I'm acting differently than I want to grow into, yes? That's all they're saying. Any of you do that? Like powerless to stop from behaving a certain way, but you knew you didn't want to behave that way, but you did it anyway, and then you're trying to push it down and it just won't go down? We're trying to get in a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty, and that kind of stuff is going to be there until we confront it and tell it to get the hell out of God's house. Yes? Okay. So a man so involved often feels very remorseful at times, especially if he's married to a loyal and courageous girl who's literally gone through hell for him. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. If we're sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? There's a question, Mark. What do we do when we got a question? Go inside. There's a number of questions. If we're sure she doesn't know, should I tell her? How sure am I she doesn't know? I was pretty sure she didn't know about my addiction too. (laughs) Not always, we think. In other words, the answer isn't going to come from anyone else. The answer for you is in you, and then you're going to you're going to have to seek it, and then you're going to have to start praying for willingness to walk in it. Yeah. Um, not always we think. If she knows in a general way that we've been wild, should we tell her in detail? Where's where's my nose? Where's my yeses? Did you get told in detail, or did you? There's no right or wrong answer. How many of the, the no's. How many of you got more detail than you wanted? Yeah. 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 It, sometimes detail leaves an indelible mark on our psyche, and I learned, it, I, I learned in time it was cruelty if it wasn't necessary. So I'm not telling you a rule, I just learned just because I'm trying to fade a little heat sometimes I'll spill more than I need to for their own good, yeah? All right, so undoubtedly we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She'll want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We're sorry for what we've done, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. How many of you have stood your ground? Your beef is not with her, no matter who she is. Your beef is with me. How many of you were not able to do that and started spilling particulars? Yeah. So we're going to talk about people like Rhonda and I. Because the beauty about this is if you stay here long enough, you'll get asked to enough podiums to own this crap. And you'll find out God will put it to good use either way. Right. But it doesn't alleviate the pain I left, and, you know, that's, that's a thing. So, um, so the, though there may be justifiable exceptions, so they're talking Rhonda and I, and though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this the best course to take. How do you find the best course in human experience? Yeah, we generally go down the wrong path long enough to realize, damn it, I did it again. Yep. So our design for living is not a one-way street. It is good for the wife as for the husband. If she can forget, or if I, we can forget, so can she. That sounded like the voice of wisdom. Did you hear him? Do not tell her that. <laughs> Let he or she discover that little fact on their own. It's better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. So they're telling you the reason why we don't want we, we inflict harm in two relationships, when we're just trying to deflect some from one, and it, it's a mess. Um, perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. So who's an outsider? Anybody else. Yeah, this is between you and God. Power. Power. By this time you know we're talking tangible sensory power, Yes? yes? You're talking clarity, you're talking revelation, you're talking about willingness in areas where you were previously unwilling. Anybody? No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we're dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Good generalship may decide the problem be attacked on the flank rather than to risk face-to-face combat. So all they're talking about is we'll get in a lot of conflicts with people if we tell them how they should be thinking and feeling. No one wants to be told how they should be thinking and feeling. And if they're trying to grow in the spirit, they already know that the way they're thinking and feeling is not good for their spirit. But it'd be better if I worked that out with the power within me than had another demand from you, who I'm pretty sure is causing my suffering right now, because I haven't grown enough to realize it's my thoughts causing my suffering yet. Does that make sense? So, if we have no such complication, there is plenty we should do at home. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say, the only thing he needs to do is keep sober. How many of you have heard that? Before I go any further, does that make any sense? Do so I got any real alcoholics, real addicts in the room? Like the real guy, so seldom wildly intoxicated, always more or less insanely drunk, a real Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, or am I talking to some... Does it make any sense that with the life I lived, all I got to do is not drink? How many of you had a little time in abstinence and then burned her down again? Yeah, makes no sense. So let's see what they say. Certainly he must keep sober, for there will be no home if he doesn't. But he's yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he's so shockingly treated. Passing all understanding as the patients mothers and wives have had with alcoholics. Had this not been so, many of us would have have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. Anybody? Anybody have people stick with you all the way through the train wreck over and over? And when you think back, it still hurts just to think how it had to have felt. Yeah. says the alcoholic is like a tornado, Roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead. Affections have been uprooted. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. Any of you relate to that? So they said we, who's we in this book? The first 100. So we're not arguing with anybody in the modern fellowship. They're just based on their experience and their growth in the spirit and the healing they receive. They say we feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. Sobriety, if they just mean abstinence, is simply a byproduct of awakening to the spirit. And as I awaken in the spirit, there's so much more for me than abstinence. In fact, as long as I serve, I don't experience abstinence in the same way. I experience an inebriation of the Spirit because of my willingness to serve. Does it make sense? He's like the farmer who came out of the cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, don't see anything matter here, Ma. ain't it grand, the wind stopped blowing. We kind of chuckle at their description, but think, how many of you got asked to vacate an apartment or two. (laughs) Did you have to go back and make amends to them afterwards? We kind of left the place in a mess, typically, did we not? So they needed to hear more than, ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? Yes, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead and we must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we're sorry won't fill the bill at all. You ever think about that? A lot of people think that making amends is saying you're sorry. And it may involve saying you're sorry. But how many of you say you're sorry when it's clear you're not sorry? Any of you run up to somebody and say, sorry to interrupt, but, so you don't have to be an addict to do that. We're demonstrating very clearly I'm not the least bit sorry. My time's more important than his. So that remorseful mumbling ain't gonna get her done. I'm gonna have to come with a little different angle, aren't I? So a remorseful mumbling that we're sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it. Being very careful not to criticize them. How many of you thought your family was really not too good or your acquaintances, and then as you started to grow in it, you realized, well, you had a part to play in a significant amount of it, maybe? and there was some stuff you needed to outgrow too so you had a different perspective of them even if they weren't the best yes and that's not to say guys we don't ever recommend any of us in behavioral health and particularly in reentry, we don't recommend you run back to the family until you're standing on solid foundation because the family's pretty comfortable keeping us right where we've always been for them and we don't want well, that's not who we are anymore so we want to make sure that we understand who we are and whose we are, and then we walk out, and I'll guarantee you, a follower of this power is inevitably a leader of men and women. They will come, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, all right, So, so their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible, so we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. So that's a very simple ask of this power within you, show me the way. Patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. It would help if we were looking for those things throughout the day. Because what's happening is when I find those things in the world, they're happening in me. Does that make sense? Okay, so it says the spiritual life is not a theory. A lot of people get here thinking we can act our way to spiritual growth. Any of you? I've even heard them say things like fake it till you make it. And I understand the first one said it just start taking action because we act our way into better thinking but that's not the same thing as faking spiritual development. I don't have to tell you if I've grown in the spirit, you'll, you'll come find me because the light is self-evident. Does it make sense? So it says we have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live on spiritual principles we think we ought not urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. Here's a promise for you. They will change in time. All the ones you're so worried about getting back and want them to like you, it may take a long time. It may never happen to your satisfaction, but in time, perspectives will soften, and as we start to grow into who we are and whose we are, we'll realize there's a much longer runway than we thought. Um. It says, our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must not, or we must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. There may be some wrongs that we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible tactful, considerate and humble without being servile or scraping as God's people we stand on our feet, we don't crawl before anyone and I'm not going to read through the promises because I'm going to lead next week with that the promises of the ninth step but I will tell you for those of you that haven't heard the story before, when I first came around recovery a long time ago I was shepherded by a guy that ran around Phoenix and he called himself Black Wally, some of you have been around a while, may have known him And Wally would go into the max secure units at the jail with me when no one else would go. He would do all the things no one else would do. And anyway, then I went off the rails for a while because I told you I was a bit of a magician. I can disappear. Um, But when I returned, I went to look for Wally because I wanted to make amends to him specifically because he had been so caring for me and I had just done what I do well. And I found that he had passed. And so he was one of those people. There was a wrong that I could never fully right. So I started asking for guidance in prayer. And one day I was sitting in the courtyard of a halfway house. And I was doing a four and five with a young man. And in the disclosure of who his family lineage was, as we are prone to do, I found out I was sitting with Wally's grandson. So I just want you to know, yeah, some of you felt that. So as long as I'm willing to make it right, God will make a way. That's what I'm here to tell you. And next week we'll look at steps 8 and 9, or 10 and 11. Hmm. I don't know how to get rid of that. Yeah, I got no idea, dude. Yeah, I'll take care of that. <laughs> <laughs>